Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Gavin, it's not that you've liked a porn tweet on the show account. It's the kind of porn you like. It was just disturbing. Ass. The following podcast contains... Damn, that's nasty. I'm sorry. That was nasty. That's just nasty. That's just nasty. Oh, that's nasty. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you just want someone to shut up and go away, but then you keep writing articles about her? What the hell were you thinking? I'm your host Dave Bledsoe and this is a Friday, September 15th, 2017, What's Happening edition of the show, where we talk about why Hillary Clinton does not need to shut up and go away. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by The Compliance Project. Too many young women are adrift in a sea of conflicting messages on who they are and how they should comport themselves. The Compliance Project offers stern corrective action leading to docile and compliant young women. Our No Thicker Than a Thumb program brings discipline, sense of place, and decency to your recalcitrant woman with a loving and compassionate touch. Based entirely on biblical principles and funded fully by the Sessions DeVos families, the Compliance Project teaches the young women of America to become young ladies again. Act now and the Compliance Project will also take 50% off our Pray the Gay Away program, teaching young men the value of real manhood. The Compliance Project, it's what women are asking for. I just want to be a part of your life. Oh, this is the way you do it, huh? Showing up at my apartment? What am I supposed to do? You won't answer my calls, you change your number. I mean, I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. You don't get it. You just, you don't get it. Hillary Clinton has a new book this week, What's Happening, detailing the rise and fall of the late 70s Bernie Ornstein sitcom. What? It's not about Dwayne Raj and Rerun? Not Mother Mabel or D... Oh, the election? Oh, fuck. Apparently, it's called What Happened, and it's about the 2016 election. I am sick and fucking tired of that election. There is not a single topic I wish to discuss less than retreading that shit show one more time. I would rather spend the next 30 minutes discussing Gavin's hemorrhoids. It's okay, buddy. It's just something that happens to assholes. Nothing to be ashamed of. Then to spend one more second on 2000 motherfuck 16. Please don't let that stop you. I've not read the book, which went on sale Tuesday morning, but this is okay because every single media figure whose takes are slightly above room temperature has well 
Read not all the book, just the excerpts put together by their interns. And I tried to get Gavin to read the book and get me excerpts, but he said something about spoilers and then walked away. Oh, you wait for the movie! From what I've gleaned from the myriad reviews, op-eds, angry Twitter rants, and interviews, the book is either deep, introspective, and confessional analysis of her failures as a candidate, our media, and our electoral system, or the shrewish harping of an embittered woman who's bent on blaming everyone and everything for what is abundantly clear for anyone with two eyes to see what's more many people are saying many people really this book should not even exist the single most common complaint i've heard since the book was even hinted at was hillary please just go away and look you know what I'm not going to cast rocks when I'm in a glass house. I might have even said this more than once. This is quite hypocritical. I'm not very proud of being in the company of assholes, but in my defense, I'm also very, very tired of talking about the election. So instead of talking about the election, I'm going to focus on the response to the book entirely, which is to say I'm fairly sure that if a dude wrote this book, no one would be saying shut up and go away. Here are the top five headline search results for the phrase quote, Hillary needs to dash, dash, dash. Hillary needs to step off the stage. Dear Hillary Clinton, please stop talking about 2016. Hillary, what's happened? Needs to, uh, needs a better name. How about I was entitled? Bernie Sanders to Hillary Clinton. Let's not keep arguing about 2016. And it's in the last one, Hillary, time to exit the stage. There are fully 37 results before the first article standing up for Hillary speaking. Nor are these articles coming from the conservative media outlets. Plenty of mainstream media voices saying the same condescending thing. Be quiet and disappear. Which she actually did. A failed presidential candidate has exactly two responsibilities once the votes are counted. The first is to be gracious, and the second is to shut the fuck up for a reasonable period of time. Usually about six months. It's the predicate on which the peaceful transition of power is based upon. The loser does not show up on the morning shows whining about the results. I mean, come on. Do you think for a moment that the Twitler would have gone gently into that good night? No, no, I do not recognize you as She fulfilled both duties exactly as expected. She dropped out of the spotlight, showed up at the inauguration with a fixed grin and gritted teeth, then went back to haunting the woods in Chappaqua and writing this book. Once the appropriate amount of time passed, she slowly stepped back into the public eye because that is also what is expected of a former first lady, senator, secretary of state, and two-time contender for the White House. Trust me, her continued absence would speak in equal volume to her presence to the pundit class who would pin articles wondering, why doesn't Hillary speak out about Trump? Paul Waldman wrote in the American Prospect back in June, the problem isn't just that Clinton has the temerity to show her face, it's also what she says. One writer after another has been incensed that when Clinton is asked about why the 2016 election came out the way it did, she fails to perform the ritual of self-abasement with sufficient enthusiasm so we can all stand back and enjoy her humiliation, unquote. Apparently, we need Hillary not only to be crucified for her sins, but we also require her to climb up, personally drive in the nails, and then complain when she can't finish the job due to lack of unnailed appendages. You had, like, one job to do here! Okay, like, 
three, maybe four, depending on whether you count the feet with one nail or, or you need to do two, one for each foot. But that's really a crucifixion technicality that most people are not interested in, but happens to be a really keen passion of mine. Not that it has anything to do with sex. There's exactly no way she doesn't come out on the shitty end of the stick. So if you're going to have to smell the turd anyway, you might as well have your say before you have your sniff. And this seems to this middle-aged dude as the experience of most women in America. Some asshole holding a turd in his extended hand and then gets all offended when you won't shake it. What a fucking bitch, am I right? (laughs) What's more, they're expected to shake that hand with a smile, as though they are privileged to shake that shit-stained palm. Whereas a guy, I can look at the other fella straight in the eye and say, fuck you, Dan, I'm not touching your filthy dick-beater, you sick bastard, and then walk away, and Dan will fuck and respect me for doing so because this is the gender dynamics in modern America. They said all the research shows that the more successful a man becomes, the more likable he becomes. The more professionally successful a woman becomes, the less likable she. Some of her detractors go on about Hillary being mad. This one's a real doozy, because if a woman does get tired of your shit and finally snap at you, she's being hysterical, or can't control her emotions, or she's on her period. Motherfucker, if men had periods, the goddamn streets would look like fucking Thunderdome, with assholes rolling around on the shit, punching each other out. But if a woman is the slightest miss off her game for any reason, much less the natural hormonal balance of her biology influencing her emotions, she's ragging. And of course, any time a woman is just the slightest bit irked by the nonsense spewed from the face hole of some entitled dick waggler who thinks the difference must be between shit and shinola must be himself because of a fluke of genetic mixings gave him a pair of saggy balls, she must be on the rag. Motherfucker, I'm sick of your yap grinding in my ear and my balls sag just as much as yours. It ain't about the hormones. It's about you being a fucking shitbag, numb nut, dumb fuck who can't or won't keep his fucking ill-formed correctness opinions to his fucking self. Oh, I enjoyed that so much I needed a post-rant cigarette. Oh, sorry. And a woman dares not complain about this situation because if she does, she's crying or she's playing the woman card. Alexander Petrie explains all the benefits of a woman card in a compost blog on the Washington Post. Present the woman card to a man you have just met at a party and it is good for one detailed patronizing explanation of the subject you literally got your PhD in. I can't wait. Fucking woman card. I mean, my man card back before it was roped for doing shows exactly like this one was just a crudely drawn dick on an index card. I was actually glad to get rid of it. But there always seems to be some reason why women are not allowed to even bring up the inequity they face in their professional lives. Forget about the basic inequity in their day-to-day lives. The only people that are even less tolerated to discuss the fundamental unfairness of the system are women of color and, of course, women who don't find dick to be the end-all, be-all of their existence on this blue-green ball of douchebags. But oh, pod friends, let's not forget that not only do women get shit from men, they also get it from other women. It's like, you know, she's just so unrelatable. I like tried to talk to her about style and all she wanted to talk about was, I don't know, like healthcare or something. And uh, like that guy she's married to, so creepy. I honestly don't know how she can even call herself like uh, 
a feminist and still be, you know, married to that guy. And don't even get me started about, like, um, just how pushy she is. Fucking Fox News blondes. But them aside, my social feeds are replete with women who literally hate Hillary and resent her implying that misogyny might have had anything to do with her losing. The same people that I personally witnessed calling her a bitch-cunt warmonger for the 12 months leading up the election. Or, you know, if they were classy, they simply referred to her as that woman which is the universal castigation of a woman who does not adhere to the generic social standards for female behavior, who refuses to obey when instructed, and generally gives zero fucks about what you think. That woman has existed for centuries, and Hillary is only the latest version. But when I truly think about that woman, there's only one person that pops into my mind, which brings us to this week's Way Back. Find your way back. Find your way back. Our way back finds us in December 11th, 1936, and the world was riveted on only one thing. No, it wasn't the looming menace on the European continent, but the abdication of King Edward VIII of Great Britain. It's like The Bachelor. Eddie had to give up his toy crown, not because he was incredibly unsuited to the rule of the fading British British Empire on the brink of World War II that everyone knew was coming, even though ruling meant being a walking hat rack for the crown people could cheer for. It's like The Bachelor. You totally did, England. You totally did. Now, the reason Eddie could not keep his crown was a woman by the name of Wallace Simpson. Wallace Simpson was an American-born divorcee who'd married a British businessman, Ernest Simpson, who, through his connections, allowed the couple to mix and mingle in British high society, which, during the interbellum period, was still very much a thing. That's a bit king. Come on. He hasn't got shit all over him. And meet a king she did. Of course, he was but a prince at the time and still had the tiniest flecks of shit. But the two fell into a highly inappropriate love affair, considering that Wallace was a married woman and an American, and Eddie was going to be king, and a king could not marry a commoner, much less a divorced commoner, and much, 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 much less a divorced American commoner. But Eddie would not be dissuaded. When forbidden by his family and his government to marry Wallace Simpson, he chose Simpson over the throne and abdicated so that they could actually get married. In America, Wallace and Eddie were considered the fairy tale love story. In Britain, it was a scandal of the highest order. In her 2012 book, That Woman and Saba, reviewed, and if you look in the show notes, you can see this review by a scintillating young writer. Seba dissects the myth of two <laughs> of the two and does a pretty good job establishing a few key things about the fairy tale love story. The first is that Eddie was more than a bit of a turd, and the second was that British high society fucking hated Wallace Simpson. Why? Because Wallace Simpson was simply gauche <laughs> enough to be assertive, brash, and possessing quote, a sharp tongue and risque repartee, unquote. She was, as she was thought at the time, indeed, quite unladylike. The truth about Wallace Simpson was that she was a complex human being with many flaws and, re and many redeeming qualities, but she never quite fit into the time's construct of what it meant to be a woman. Simpson was ambitious. 
She was a social climber, and she wasn't timid or retiring. Retiring, She'd grown up poor, gone out to see the world, liked what she saw, and wanted more. When the British press portrayed her as a mercenary woman with no manners or sense of place, the royal family portrayed her as a slut and a whore who tried to fuck her way onto the throne, which, if they were at all aware of their history, would just be fucking hilarious. After all, occupants of that same throne had split the country away a thousand years ago from Catholicism, because the occupant of that throne wanted to fuck someone other than his wife and then kill the people that he wanted to fuck because she failed to give him an heir. For people that don't got shit all over them, they were awfully shitty people. And that was just the most famous of the shitty kings. The Windsors themselves were replete with scandal, uh, scandals, affairs, and skullduggery, debauchery, dickishness in ways that make Wallace Simpson look like a fucking Girl Scout. Society hated Simpson for not adhering to how their ideal of how a woman should behave, for failing to blindly submit to the social mores of obedience, deference, and servitude required of a modern British woman. Her her unwillingness to apologize for her crude upbringing, her divorces, or her intellect. In another cute comparison, her husband's rather blatant flirtation with the Nazis somehow got pinned on Wallace Simpson because she talked to a German that one time. Wallace Simpson was not perfect, and a few of the things said about her were definitely true, but the overwhelming majority of shit laid at her feet was not because of what she did, but purely because of her gender and how she refused to act accordingly. And after Edward abdicated, the royal family and the government of Britain made damn sure that woman and her husband couldn't cause any more trouble and ship them as far away from any political influence as they could, they made them the governors of Bermuda, which at the time was not a posh vacation destination, but a fly-infested speck of sand in the middle of the Caribbean where the only reason anyone came was to raise sugarcane or they were in exile for being politically inconvenient. If I were Hillary Clinton, I would avoid anyone suggesting that I run for the governor of Guam. Though in fairness, if Hillary ran for the governor of Guam, Guam would be the 51st state in fucking two years because she's that fucking good. We cannot compare Hillary and Wallace other than through the simple fact of their gender. They're vastly different people, separated by time and circumstance, but the drive to silence women who refuse to accept their place runs through history like a broken sewer main. So we're standing in poop? This goes a long way back. All the way back to St. Paul. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it's not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under the obedience, as also saith the law. A woman who is speaking is a disobedient woman. The Bible said so, and boy, do a lot of fuckers who believe in the Bible believe that too. There are plenty of arguments to be made on the relative weaknesses of Hillary Clinton, the weakness that she both does and doesn't address in this book, or so I hear. We could spend another 10 minutes listing them out, but it doesn't matter because we can't undo what has been done. Even if we get rid of the Trump, we will not magically get a Clinton presidency, and Clinton will not run again. I know a lot of people believe she will because they can't believe she cannot not run, but listening to her in her interviews, which I have done, 
It's the it's in everything she says and how she says it. It's the best argument for letting her speak because she's telling you candidly, unguardedly in a way that would have served her so well during the campaign, all the things she thinks and feels because she no longer feels compelled to be silent, which is another thing we expect of women. women. If they do speak, they can never be honest because if they told us what they really thought about us. It makes me feel small and significant. Yeah, yeah. Because God forbid a man's precious masculinity ever be challenged by a contrary view from a non-penist person. And fuck me, the media's collective dick is threatened by her speaking out because they cannot bear to think in some small, insignificant way like beating the drums of a non-existent story about our corruption and lack of good sense while fully embracing the bullshit reality show hype that was the Trump campaign, the media might have influenced the voters in this election. Trust me, the motherfucking Vin on gender and journalists who wrote endlessly about Hillary because they thought she would win and they could collectively establish their objective dick size and the havers of actual dicks is a fucking perfect circle. If a woman wrote negatively about Hillary Clinton during the election, it was either in response to a specific story or because they were employed in a Murdoch-owned media enterprise or the subsidiary derp rags comprising the right-wing propaganda machine. And finally, we come to the angry left, who are still seething over Bernie not being recognized as the second coming, who want Hillary to shut the fuck up because she pointed out the holes in the fabric of Sanders' policies wide enough to fly a 747 through without brushing the sides. Should I care that none of this makes any sense? Look, I've come around to the Bernie side that if we want people, particularly the stupider side of our society, to dream big, we can't be weighing them down with all those details about how how we're going to pay for our fucking ponies, where we're going to keep our ponies, and how the fucking Republicans hate ponies and will never vote for us to have a pony in the first place because, God damn it, you have to fucking dream big if you want to win big because I realized too late that people are really fucking stupid. And Hillary's biggest flaw might have been believing that Americans are not complete fucking morons. I believe there is little to be gained from Hillary's new book for Democrats. And yes, perhaps the book is a bit of self-service to her ego. Maybe it's a sob story on her behalf, but she's earned it. We all share her pain. We all lost the country to Donald Trump and the kind of people who would vote for Donald Trump. We all got fucked in the deal. And yes, I suspect in the short term, a little harm will be done. It will distract us from all the really terrible shit going on every day in our modern era. I don't know if we'll learn anything from it about how to heal the fraction of the party or live in the time of Trump, but we sure as fuck are learning one thing from it, that no matter what a woman does, no matter how accomplished she is, how brilliant her ideas or how hard she works, she will still get shit from men over things they would never dream of criticizing a man for. Fucking Al Gore made a goddamn movie after he lost. He's a fucking lionized saint of the Democratic Party. What have we learned from Hillary's book and all the assholes that are saying she should shut up and go away? Well, it's exactly how far women have to go before they'll truly be considered equal in our society.
Don't believe me? Ask ESPN's Jamel Hill, who said some very real, very true things and was told to shut the fuck up. Hell, the White House says she'd be, she'd be fired for saying very real and very true things. Although today, Jamel has neither shut up nor been fired. Or, hey, how about Brianna Wu, who had the audacity to have an opinion about video games and a vagina? Elizabeth Warren, who read the words of Coretta Scott King, another woman who was told to be quiet, and then Elizabeth Warren was told to be silent. But you know what? She, uh, she persisted to every fucking victim of sexual assault who was told to keep quiet over the years. It seems to me that telling women they can't talk is endemic in our society, and Hillary Clinton... She's just having none of our shit. You cannot like Hillary Clinton. You can blame her for Trump if you're so inclined. Odd how we blame her and not the fuckers who voted for Trump, all 60-some-odd million of them, or the fucking 30-some-odd million who couldn't even bother to vote. Those people we've decided to coddle because they don't want, we don't want to re-elect a dotty old racist or elect a new dotty old racist. You can think that Hillary Clinton is dodging blame or is just a symbol for our corrupt political system, but you don't get to tell her she can't talk. She earned that right by being born in a country where ostensibly people can say whatever they want and leave it to the audience to listen to or not. And I get this. I totally do. I mean, I have a podcast and no one tells me to shut the fuck up, even though, honestly, someone probably should. So after all of this, yeah, I retreaded the 2016 election. I came out vociferously in defense of Hillary Clinton. And yes, I know that I'm a Bernie bro now. But fuck me. I hope, I hope that once Hillary is done with her book tour, she just goes back behind the scenes and works to further the goals she spent her life upon. And then I hope that she's alive to see a woman sworn into the office of president. Unless, of course, that woman is Sarah Palin. And I hope that she has convinced women that come after her that no one can Fucking tell her to be quiet. It doesn't matter what the fuck they've got between their legs. Women should not be silent. They should not be unheard. And they should not be unseen. Because that is the legacy that every one of us should be working for. That is it for our show this week. We are back down our politics hole, and I am so disappointed. When I saw the pitch for this week's show, I was stoked because I thought we were going to talk about Raj and Dwayne and Rerun. Hey, hi, hi. Hi, hi, hi. But I had to talk about stupid politics again. The things I do for this show. You know, there are things you could do for this show. You could do the rerun dance and post it on YouTube, hashtagging what the hell podcast. It doesn't actually help the show, but we just actually kind of want to see that. You can also donate a dollar to our Patreon at patreon.com slash what the hell podcast. Or you could rate and review the show wherever you found it and not let other people know what the hell is happening. <laughs> oh, that's that's a pun. When you look for a new podcast, they'll, they'll, they'll know what, what the hell is happening. Or if you just want to say, hey, 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 hit me up on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast or the show name on Facebook. All of the show are at Rob's Place Having a Burger or the show name on SoundCloud and at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave Bledsoe, producer Rerun Gavin, and all the other fictional little sister D's on the show, we want to say... 
There are some things you can't cover up with lipstick and powder. So when you say, you say, say it a little louder. Come on, get closer. Come on, get nearer. Your political wisdom can't be any clearer. We just want to listen to girls talk. We do, actually. We'll see you all next week. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.